This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Look right down any crowded hall. You'll see there's a beauty standing. Is she really everywhere or a reflection? One always calls out to you. The other's shy and quiet. Could there be two different? Welcome to Pi Beta Alpha, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of the Sweet Valley High TV show, episode by episode. I'm Anna Gary. I'm Karen Moynihan. And this week, at last, it's a Lila-centric episode. Oh, you love to see it. Things you love to see, this. (laughs) Literally see it. (laughs) Because this, you know, we love a Lila-centric book and now we get to see TV Lila in uh, in action and what action it is. Because it is working girl. (laughs) She is in full flow. It's fantastic. (laughs) Oh, it was worth the wait for a Lila-centric episode. We're only (laughs) on episode 17. That's all. Yeah. Well, there's a lot going on in this episode. Uh, can you give us the blurb and inverted commas, aka the Wikipedia summary? I certainly can. Okay. And actually, do you know, as as these summaries go, it's actually not bad. Hmm. Uh, so uh, Lila's father forces her to work at the Moon Beach Cafe, where she falls for delivery man Heath. She pretends to be working class to start a relationship with him. Well, this is all true. It is. There's no rhetorical question at the end, though, which we always enjoy. Yeah, um, that is a bit of a disappointment. It could mm. be like, will Heath realise what Lila's really like? Yes. Which I would appreciate it. Yeah, that she's not really a working girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm quite sad that it doesn't mention the B-plot, which is extremely entertaining. Oh, it's so good. This is quite a good episode, I have to it say. It is. It's genuinely very enjoyable. From beginning to end. Uh, And we'll dive right in um, to Sweet Valley High, where we begin with Todd, who's outraged. And why? Well, he's not too impressed at all that Liz has apparently signed him up for career week. (laughs) Yeah, apparently you can just sign people up for this. That seems to be a full time, you you do a full time job for a week. I mean, it sounds a bit like work experience in transition year, but yeah. then like everybody went out and did it. It's not like it was optional and like half of you just stayed and were in class for the week and the rest of you went out working. Like it's it's very strange. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Liz has signed him up to an internship at the Sweet Valley Tribune. As mm. my notes say, the what now? <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Poor old Sweet Valley News. Discarded. <laughs> and then they have another paper in a, another episode. Didn't the photo of... Uh, Liz's photo that um, captured the the kidnappers. Oh yeah, was on the paper of a, the cover of a of a paper that was not the Sweet Valley News. Mm, that's. I wonder was that the Tribune actually? Is that actually <gasps> oh, continuity within yeah. the TV show? Mm, mm. I didn't need to go back and check. Well, it uh, Liz doesn't understand why Todd is so upset about it because you know uh, he's always reading the sports section, but as he points out, that's not the same as writing for it, and that is <laughs> a good point, Liz. Why did you think he would enjoy this? 
Yeah, this is not his jam at all. I don't know what she was thinking. Oh, well, someone's happier with their placement. Who could it be? Oh, Jessica turns up fully delighted with herself. She uh, kind of breezes <laughs> in and she's like, make way for the newest star of the Sweet Valley fashion world, which is big talk considering she's not Lila Fowler. Oh, well, I mean, also, <laughs> the Sweet Valley fashion world, who knew they had a, it was the Milan of the West Coast. Turns out the fashion scene is popping the fuck off in Sweet Valley. <laughs> who knew? And, and Jessica wearing a kilt a red top and a what looks like sort of a letterman jacket slash cardigan. Not that dissimilar to our own Pi Beta Alpha jackets mm, in black. Very true. Yeah, it's kind of, it's like a cropped varsity jacket, mm. but more like a top as well. Yeah, it's cute though. Like it looks really nice on her. Yeah, she's pulling it off. And mm. uh, yeah, her job is as uh, apparently apprentice of a hot fashion designer <laughs> called Dante. Ooh. <laughs> She says that soon she'll have her own uh, her own range of you know fashions and uh, and perfumes and uh, Todd says yeah delusions by Jessica Wakefield, which is actually a very apt name. That was very good. In fairness to Todd, he he got a good one in there. <laughs> well, Jessica just throws him a filthy look, um, <laughs> and Liz reminds her that you know this is going to be a lot of hard work, but Jessica is honestly unafraid of of hard labor for once. For, for once yeah no she's just like look this is something I really want to do it could be the start of my career and in fairness to her unlike book Jessica this is an actual career you know a solid choice of career in that it's it's something real rather than yes. book Jessica going my career what I'm going to be a model or a TV presenter or a something I'm going to be famous and that's all that matters because she's so vague about her career yeah. whereas at least this version of Jessica is like this is something I really want to do yes. and it's like okay she actually has a bit of focus and mm. you know that's a nice thing to see from her at least and it's an actual skill mm. so then what I now realize is Lila's theme plays <laughs> she's got her own little musical motif oh my god I didn't cop that at all um, it's sort of slightly sort of jaunty. Oh, it has uh, to be. <laughs> and she cries out in anguish that, Jay, that uh, um, they should slay her, slay me with a spatula, throw me into a tub of sauerkraut and exfoliate my skin with lard. <laughs> so dramatic. I absolutely love it. It's like gagging me with a spoon just wasn't going to cut it for Lila. <laughs> she no. came up with her own three-pronged approach to, to something like that. <laughs> Three of them. I mean, frankly, slay me with a spatula would have been good enough. Oh, I was delighted with that alone. And then she just yeah. kept going. <laughs> but why is she so outraged? Oh, because she has to waitress at the moon beach. <laughs> <gasps> yes, her dad has made her sign up because we're told now this is um, revisionist history here. He worked his way up from dishwasher to millionaire. Mm. He did it his arse. No way, man. <laughs> But he's decided anyway, fictional George, or, or fictional, I mean, they're both fictional. Why am I, why am I implying that one of them is real? <laughs> Not like the true to life biographies that we've been reading all this time. <laughs> uh, well, TV George has decided that Lila needs to learn about hard work. And then Jessica gets in quite a jibe. Oh my God, the neck of this one. Yeah, she's like, well, that's ridiculous. If if you getting your frizzy hair to look halfway decent isn't hard work, I don't know what is. Oh. <laughs> and Lila's too um, row, sort of riled up to even notice that dig because um, she says she does have a work ethic. Mm. She just despises manual labour. 
I mean, can't really argue with with that, you know. I mean, manual labor fucking sucks. So it is horrible. Yeah. It's not wrong. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I'd like to think that she would think it should be rewarded, uh, and that the workers should get a share of the proceed, the profits. But I think that might be asking too much of Lila. I think so. Yeah, that's more like uh Oh, do you? I don't. Do you watch Gilmore Girls before? Yeah? Yes. Or did, yeah, you know when Paris gets radicalized after like five minutes of working <laughs> in catering as a waitress, like that would have been a fantastic spin for this episode to take, but it doesn't quite go oh there. Oh my god, Lila joins a union. Yeah. <laughs> that That's is a story like made of... for you, Anna. <laughs> no, it is. I read a whole book about teenagers joining unions. Um, well, just thinking about the polyester uniform of the Moon Beach makes Lila come out in hives. And Jessica suggests she pleads with her dad, you know, just tantrums and, you know, does pulls out all the stops. But um, hardly George has another reason for wanting Lila to learn the ropes of the um, service industry. And what could that be? Inexplicably, apparently George <laughs> wants to open a chain of Fowler Grill restaurants. Uh, what? <laughs> He's a microchip millionaire. I know. I suppose they haven't actually specified that in the TV show. So it's just like vague wealth rather than tying that it to any one particular true. industry. But yeah, so he thinks that she needs work experience. So this is all tying in with his grand plan to, I don't know, push the moon beach out of Sweet Valley with his Fowler grill. Who knows? Yeah, I was wondering about, like, it did uh, It did strike me that they haven't actually specified what her dad does. But mm. I, I mean just a chain of grill restaurants just doesn't seem in character for George I don't know no doesn't really well Liz says that this is an opportunity for Je- for Lila to learn and Jessica's like yeah like how to say do you like fries with that <laughs> she's got no sympathy for poor old Lila oh well we realise that Jessica will have uh, more uh, dramatic things to keep her occupied than Lila's work <laughs> life because we cut to a, a frankly hilarious like fashion atelier <laughs> where Jessica's new boss, Dante, is leading her through the workroom carrying a pug. Oh my God, yes, the pug. Oh, he's fantastic. I love him. Best supporting actor. <laughs> Start with the show. (laughs) Well, uh, Date and his minion, who we learn about, I don't know, three quarters of the episode through, is called Mona, um, are uh, preparing the new fall show. And it's very important that this show is a hit because they've got a special guest coming. Yeah, there's this like Japanese investor, Mr. Moriaki, who's coming to this uh, big fashion show and Dante really needs him to to buy a bunch of his line because he's trying to break into the Asian market. And apparently this guy is going to be his ticket to, uh, yes. to that side of the world and domination. Well, Jessica says how excited she is about working in fashion and uh, Mona says, well, this is your opportunity and passes her a cup. Mm-hmm. And Jessica, now... I mean, I don't blame Mona for being pissed off with her <laughs> most of this episode because she's clearly one of those uh, people who starts an internship and is like, why are they making me do the photocopying? And you're like, because yeah. you're 16. What the fuck Sorry. did you expect this was going to be like? <laughs> because when she's given the cup, she's like, oh no, I don't drink coffee. But Mona is not offering her a drink. She is requesting one. Of course, yes. Uh, yeah, Mona very clearly hates Jessica from the get-go. Like, just... <laughs> Cannot stand the sight of this one. <laughs> I mean, her instincts are right in a way, even though she turns out, like, Mona does turn out to be a villain. Spoiler True. alert. Yeah. 
Um, so Jessica looks disgusted at the idea she isn't getting to, you know, design her own range on her first day <laughs> as a 16 year old work experience girl. <laughs> but um, then Dante uh, gives her a boost. Yeah, he asks about the skirt that she's wearing. So this is the kind of little red tartan kilt mm. uh, that she has on. And he's like, that skirt is adorable. He's like, who's the designer? And apparently Jessica is the designer because oh. I, I guess for the last 17 episodes, she's been secretly making and designing her own clothes. <laughs> but he's suitably impressed anyway. And uh, she's like, oh, like I have so many ideas for skirts and jackets and vests. And he's like, oh, OK, cool. He's like, look, we encourage go-getters around here. Uh, he's also doing this very posh English accent and a very kind oh. of like, stereotype of a designer as well it's quite funny (laughs) it is funny it's ridiculous but it is highly amusing yeah it suits the character i think it does (laughs) Uh, so yeah he says as you say he says we encourage go catchers around here and then mona says now go get my coffee (laughs) (laughs) get her mona (laughs) dante says but virgil and i look forward to seeing your creations and then he passes her Virgil for that is the name of the pug oh Virgil and his little squishy face (laughs) as my notes say instead of being delighted that she gets to hang in with a pug Jessica looks outraged yeah it's true actually I think he hands the pug to Mona first who then kind of hands him off to Jessica and she's like oh you know whenever you're finished the floors you can then give Virgil a flea dip and kind of walks off Um, so Jessica looks disgusted but again she's holding a pug so it's like you're holding a super cute dog why do you look so upset no and she looked disgusted even before the flea dip was mentioned so just clearly as Virgil she objects to just madness (laughs) well we cut to the moon beach and Bruce is not happy no, so Bruce and Manny are sitting at the counter and uh, Bruce is like, Lila, what the fuck? He's like, I've been waiting half an hour for my ice cream sundae. Uh, and Lila's doing her nails behind the counter. She's like, it's cooking, all right. <laughs> She's really angry. She's so cross. <laughs> right. She's resplendent in her polyester moon beach uniform. Oh, those shirts are quite the look. Yeah, They really are. They're, uh, <laughs> they're sort of a vivid turquoise and pink. <laughs> uh, it's quite a combo and uh, Manny asks her can she at least clear the dishes off the table but she can't because her nails aren't dry yet <laughs> that's it so they kind of like toss like literally a couple of coins on the counter and walk off in disgust and uh, I was like 50 cents how do you expect me to pay for my full body seaweed wrap with lousy tips like this <laughs> as they're walking out <laughs> I love she isn't even trying to be nice to Bruce and Manny oh not even not, not an effort made at all it's great <laughs> But then Jessica comes up to the counter wearing yet another business suit. She's a businesswoman on her business lunch. <laughs> yeah, it's like, where is Dante's studio? She's just dropping oh in. God. It's so funny because that whole studio is ridiculous. It's got these big like oh. high arch windows and like a city skyline behind them and everything. It's like, lads, this is why are you trying to pretend like this is in New York? Like it's clearly meant to be in Sweet Valley. What's happening here? Oh, the best. The cityscape windows are the best, especially at night where they look like they're made of cardboard <laughs> in a school play. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yes Jessica has uh, come to the counter because she ordered chilli cheese fries uh, and she was given salad and Lila just opens a lipstick and starts um, flying it and says with your thighs salads or a salad is in order God, it's, this is actually really fun. Like, I know it's lousy, but like, this yes. is kind of their their vibe. They tend to trade barbs like this, which, you know, obviously yes. are not cool. But it's, it is funny because just the way she, she calls her honey as well. And the way <laughs> Lila says it, it's just fucking hilarious. Like, I just love her comic timing so much. <laughs> oh, she get her comic timing throughout this episode is brilliant. Mm. 
So good. Uh, so we cut back to the booth where Todd and Liz are sitting uh, with Jess. And Todd is having a great old time because the arts editor asked him to review Dream Girls, which he somehow thinks is a bikini pageant. <laughs> I mean, what even Todd. is a bikini pageant? It's, you know, who even knows? <laughs> We also just did Miss Teen Switch Valley, so it's not outside the realms of possibility for early 90s Americana either. Oh, true. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Liz bursts his bubble by telling him that um, Dream Girls is a musical, which of course it is. And uh, Todd is just like, musical, <laughs> no. And it practically has a tantrum. Pretty much, yeah. Then Liz is like, oh, it could be worse. She's like, I- I've been assigned to write about hockey. Um, and I kind of thought this was going to go somewhere and that they were going to like trade assignments or something, but yeah. nothing actually comes of it. No, we get one shot later on, spoiler alert, of Liz playing hockey in a <laughs> corridor. So I'm not sure what the... Um... <laughs> What the what the reportage is meant to be? Not a clue. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, Jessica is, of course, is delighted because uh, Dante apparently wants to look at her designs, and she leaves the Moon Beach, but she bumps into somebody who's coming in. Yeah, so a delivery guy is coming in with a big um, crate of stuff uh, in through the door. So as she's passing him, she stops and she's like, oh, you can deliver those wieners to that poor excuse for a waitress. The one with the dishpan face. Oh, (laughs) and delivery guy shows he's the only decent person in Sweet Valley because he says, hey, give her a break. And he doesn't like some working girl being abused by this obnoxious teen. And uh, he joins Lila, who says, not to mind Jessica, she was raised by hyenas. <laughs> so good. I mean, she might as well be in this version of the Sweet Valley because oh, we never see her parents. True. Also, that bitch has no manners. So, you know, <laughs> it all stacks up. <laughs> well, the delivery guy introduces himself and says, I'm heat. I'm here with the meat. <laughs> oh my God. I let out such a fucking laugh at that line. <laughs> Holy shit. What an intro. My name's Heath. I'm here with the meat. It's like, <laughs> I bet you are, Heath. <laughs> he's quite charming as old Heath now. I mean, he is, but he's also really struggling with, you know, acting and <laughs> delivering lines. But he is a handsome man. I'll give him that. For once, they've actually cast someone good looking in the like love interest. Role, oh, I do is... not think he's the worst actor of the... Really? Of oh, the God. Alleged hunks we've had. <laughs> I, I think we've definitely had more wooden than him. Okay, fair. Um, but... Uh, he uh, he heads backstage to offload the meat. <laughs> and Lila kind of brilliantly follows him and just swipes a customer's milkshake off the counter oh to give God. to him. She's so funny. Yeah, just like like in one fluid motion, just like swipes someone's strawberry milkshake yeah. as she's following him around and uh, hands it to him. She's like, oh, strawberry shake on the house. <laughs> so uh, he's impressed um, and says he likes seeing somebody take pride in her work and says the job worth doing is worth doing well. Um, and he's charmed by Lila because he says um, it's nice to meet a non-stuck-up girl in Sweet Valley. Mm, yeah, and they kind of, well, they, they kind of like bond 
is maybe a bit strong because Lila's clearly faking it, but um, he just kind of starts kicking off about how, you know, you know, kids around here, they don't know what it's like to work for a living. They have everything handed to them on a platter. And, you know, he's like, they, they don't know the, the, what is it, the satisfaction of like a good day's work and putting your feet up and kicking back. And Lila kind of goes, and listening to some opera. <laughs> but actually, he's charmed by uh, her opera loving ways. That's true, because he loves opera as well. And it's like, oh my God, we both like opera. So yeah. they're kind of starting to hit it off and there's a bit of frisson here. Yeah, he um, so he has to leave, but he asks if she'd like to come to the opera tomorrow night. And of course she accepts. But when he says she, he'll pick her up, she's all like, oh, I'm working late. You can just pick me up here. Because hmm. he, yeah. she's not going to let Heat see Feathercrest. Of course, yeah. And there's all this like romantic music playing over this whole interaction, <laughs> which is then intercut with Winston oh, yeah. in the background, who's like, uh, Lila, there's a long red hair in my chili. And like Lila's being all sweet and lovely with Heath, and she kind of turns around and snaps to Winston, and she's like, So floss with it. It's <laughs> just like fuming, shooting daggers at him, and then turns back to Heath, and she's like, oh, And all the romantic music picks up again. <laughs> Genuinely funny. It's so good. <laughs> Well, we uh, cut briefly to the Casadel Wakefield where Jessica um, has said she's found her calling and she has so much to learn from Dante and presumably Virgil the Pug. should have mentioned Virgil. <laughs> and uh, so she's going to really work on some new designs to, to show him, you know, what she's got. Mm. So we cut back to the Moon Beach where Heath collects Lila, who is looking fabulous in a black dress oh she looks so good um yeah but she kind of explains it away saying that she borrowed the dress from a rich friend of hers mm. but she, he she wonders why um heath is dressed so casually aren't they going to the opera and he says they are are we cut to an incredibly romantic picnic it's actually really nice. So yeah, it cuts to like um, a park at nighttime and there's like opera music playing on his tape recorder yeah. uh, and like a three course dinner picnic uh, all yeah. laid out in front of them. And it actually looks really nice. It looks gorgeous. He says he couldn't afford to bring her to the opera. So he's brought the opera to her. Oh. And uh, yeah, he's made this sort of gourmet Italian picnic uh, himself because he's a he's a would-be chef and he's working his way through cooking school. Um, and she's impressed by his authentic Tuscan chicken and nearly gives herself away. That's <laughs> true, yeah. She's like, oh, this Tuscan chicken, it's so authentic. So he's like, oh, you've been to Tuscany? And I was like, oh yeah, every summer I, and then kind of catches herself and is like, I, you know, hear about what great chicken they have over there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, every summer she hears about that. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, um, yeah, because then he makes a comment about how she seems to know so much about like fancy gourmet food. And she's mm. like, oh, my father was a dishwasher, which is true, uh, or was a dishwasher. And he used to bring us home scraps. And it's like, ah, uh, come on now, Lila. Because technically she hasn't really lied up until this point. Mm. But the bringing home scraps thing is, is clearly bullshit. <laughs> it absolutely is. Especially as Heath is really sympathetic towards her. It's like, oh, wow, you really like been through a lot um, <laughs> and says that you know with her gourmet taste she could turn the moon beach into a gourmet restaurant Ooh. <laughs> and at the end of the night he skips her leftovers and says take this to your family oh god he must think they're like starving in a hovel somewhere <laughs> which is very like he is a sweetie He's very nice. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have like a non-creepy, like reasonably good looking uh, love interest for, for one of these girls, at least. Yes. And he says he's never met anyone he has so much in common with before. And Lila says, neither have I. And they kiss over the leftovers. Oh, <laughs> it's a good looking chocolate cake in fairness. <laughs> it is. 
Actually, the whole meal looked quite appetising. It actually did. And then we get... I, I, I just wasn't expecting it to happen then, but I was pleasantly surprised. We get the montage. Oh, totally caught me on the hop as well. Was not expecting it. I was like, it's <laughs> going to kick in eventually. But still, I was like, oh, OK, we're doing it now. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> um, oh, God. it's Yeah, and it's kind of a bit of everything. It's kind of a funny one. Uh, yeah, it starts with Lila putting well, catfish on the menu. Um, as I guess part of her attempt to gourmet up the gaff. By the way, she is just a temporary waitress. So I'm not sure what power she has to totally change the menu of the Moon Beach. Very true. It's like she's she's not a waitress. She's actually managing the Moon Beach for the week or something because there's literally nobody else there and it seems to be all down to Lila. Yeah, she's making the food. She's serving the customers. She's changing the menu. She's putting out candles and flowers. She is a busy woman, yeah, and it kind of catches everybody up, I suppose, on, on how everyone's getting on. And it's got like Liz swapping um, Todd's sports section with yeah. a culture newspaper. Uh, it shows like Jess slaving over her designs in the loft studio. <laughs> <laughs> with <laughs> the school set out the window. Absolutely, yes, very atmospheric. Uh, so she's working away really hard. Uh, yeah, Lila's like putting the candles around the place. Uh, kind of cuts into Jessica minding Virgil and looking unimpressed about it again. It's like, he's so cute, come on. Uh, oh yeah, yeah and that's, when, that's when it cuts then to Liz and Todd playing ice hockey in the school yeah. corridor completely randomly. <laughs> <laughs> I think though my favourite part of this uh, montage uh, is when is the, the fake school set out the window. It's just amazing. Oh, it's it looks so like somebody just put it out of cardboard and put a torch behind it. Yes, <laughs> have yes. lights. <laughs> it's New York City. And the music says, welcome to the real world. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it ends with Lila looking delighted with the new look moon beach full of flowers and candles and tablecloths. Yes, and low lighting. She's really classed up the joint. She has with her inexplicable powers over the entire... <laughs> Like, where's her boss? <laughs> Running this place. <laughs> Let me just give it to the 16-year-old with no work experience at all. Just let her, you know, she's yeah. a, she'll, she'll manage it fine. It's totally fine. Well, we cut back to non-montage narrative and Dante uh, in the studio says that a the Japanese buyer, um, Mr. Moriaki, is coming over so they need to send some champagne to his hotel because this could be their, you know, they've got to impress him because it's their route to the Asian market. Mm. And uh, Jessica, uh, who was somehow pinning um, uh, pinning fabric onto a dressmaker's form, so she's like kind of very hands on from somebody who's meant to be just doing the irony and getting coffee. <laughs> and she um, she tells Dante she thinks his fall collection is is beautiful, and Mona tries to sort of push her off and is like, "Don't you have mopping to do?" But Jessica's done all the menial tasks. She has. All her intern duties are done and she's even made a round of espresso for everybody. So Mona can't even fob her off with that. Um, so she says, uh, will Dante have a look at her jacket design? Yes, which is what she was burning the midnight oil uh, working on. <laughs> and uh, it's extremely mediocre. Um, and uh, kind of bit like a, I don't know, sub Dolce Gabbana Versace, quite sort of flashy look. But Dante is impressed by her brocaded lapels. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, brocaded lapels, double stitching. And he seems kind of impressed. And she's like, oh my God, you like it? And he's like, it's wonderful. She's like, oh my God, really? And he's like, you know, for an amateur. Oh. Um, and kind of says, oh, you know what they say, if at first you don't succeed, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> 
<laughs> and Mona, who is wearing what looks quite like Lila's ringmaster jacket, <laughs> um, says that La- Jessica has a talent for espressos and, uh, you know, stick to that, basically. And then they ask her to continue her drink delivery by um, delivering some champagne over to Mr. Muriaki. Mm. Yeah, they're going to send her off on an errand uh, out of the way. But what should happen when she leaves? Oh, my God. He's like, yeah, Dante then turns to Mona and he's like, take this down to the pattern makers, uh, like swipes (gasps) her design off her desk and uh, says, yes, I want this for my fall collection. And some evil music starts playing. So I suppose all along, it seemed like Mona was definitely a villain because she was so mean to Jessica. But Dante kind of seemed okay, just a bit kind of you know, airy fairy or whatever, yeah. but like it turns out that he's actually evil as well and he's going to steal her design. Dante! Virgil wouldn't, wouldn't have any truck with this sort of thing, I should hope. I tell you, if Virgil could talk, he would be giving out shit right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we cut to the moon beach where Lila is giving Winston and our fave Koichi uh, some uh, more uh, adventurous fare than they're used to. <laughs> Very true. She comes along with plates and she's like, now, one duck sausage with couscous and one curried chicken with polenta. It's like, they're both kind of looking at her like, what is happening here? I have to say curried chicken with polenta sounds pretty good. Oh, it actually does. Like, yeah. But um, yeah, Winston's kind of like, I ordered pork and beans. (laughs) Then it kind of turns to Koichi and he's like, I want chicken nuggets. (laughs) Well, Lila wants to educate their taste buds. Uh, And Koichi asks, what's a polenta? Oh, I know. Actually, I kind of stopped taking notes at this point because it was just a close up of his face. And I was just like, God, he's so handsome. He really is. Truly are the dream team. Oh, my God. Like, what a double act. Holy shit. Well, and in fairness, Koichi, I don't think I knew what Palenta was in the early 90s. So, uh, oh, very fair. I'm still Uh, not 100% certain what it is, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) Is it a corn made with corn flour? Oh, I would have eaten it. But I haven't made it at home. Okay. <laughs> like I'm cooked with it. But, yeah. uh, hang on. I need to look up. What I meant it? to look it up and then I forgot to be totally honest. <laughs> well, I'm going to look up right now. Okay. Polenta. Aha. Yes, it is uh, an Italian store covered staple. This according to the BBC Good Food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Polenta has its roots in the peasant cuisine. Their words, <laughs> not mine. Of, <laughs> Don't tell Lila. <laughs> of Northern Italy. It's okay. made by grinding corn into flour or meal. Aha! It can be cooked, mm-hmm. be creamy and thick, or allowed to set and then sliced. That is how I have eaten it. Okay. Um, so I, and I, it, it can be pretty delicious. So I think that that uh, cur- chicken curry and polenta sounds pretty good. So duck sausage, however, sounds disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I'm not convinced about that just yet. <laughs> Now, I've been to part of France a few times where they are obsessed with serving duck with everything. And once I ordered a salad and there was something and the description of it, there was a word I didn't recognize. And then I found out it meant gizzards. And oh, a bit of, just bits of duck <laughs> in a salad. No. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm not sure about that aspect of Lila's revamped menu, but, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, Koichi, but uh, curry chicken and polenta sounds better than chicken nuggets. Just does. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I do like a chicken nugget, I have to say. <laughs> so you can, hang out, you can hang out with Lila. I'll go get some chicken nuggets with Koichi. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> Too late. He's mine. <laughs> <laughs> that leaves Winston for me. <laughs> 
Well, another uh, Sweet Valley man about town appears then. It's Bruce in a bono neck and blazer combo. Oh my God. He looks like he's about to take off on a boat or something. It's <laughs> fantastic. I love this look. <laughs> and actually, he's impressed. He is, yeah. He tells Lila that it's it's very impressive what he's done with the, what she's done with the place. And Lila hilariously tries to repeat uh, Heath's line from earlier about doing a job well. And uh, she's like, oh, you know, like I always say, a job well done is a job that you do when you're <laughs> doing a job. <laughs> it's great because, again, like Bridget Flannery is so fucking oh funny. God, I love her. Well, Bruce says he's worried that hobnobbing with the working class is rubbing <laughs> off on Lila. And then Lila says, kiss my grits. Oh, so good. <laughs> and again, her delivery is superb. So good. And uh, yeah, she says that Heath is everything Bruce is not. Yeah, she starts listing out things. She's like, you know, he's passionate, ambitious. And Bruce cuts her off when he's like, blue collar. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Bruce quite reasonably is saying, look, does he know who you are? Because uh, he's going to find out eventually. Um, you know, you are basically lying to him here. Uh, mm. And he says, look, you know, he's poor, not stupid. And you have to tell him the truth. And in fairness, Bruce is right, but he's just yes. kind of going about it in his usual kind of dickish way. Yeah. <laughs> Very entertaining, but yes, <laughs> extremely duty. Yes. Well, Lila says that the truth is a luxury she can't afford. Ooh. Uh, so Bruce heads off and he, as Heath comes in and rather charmingly, given their mutual love of opera, he calls her Diva. That was very cute. I will give him that. <laughs> and Lila's got news for him. Yeah. So she says that her friend is uh, opening a restaurant um, and that she's got Heath an appointment, as she puts it. But like it's an interview yeah. uh, to go for a chef position in this new place. So she's uh, she kind of hands him a big wad of cash and she's like buy yourself a new shirt and tie and of course Heath is like whoa I cannot take this money off you like you you work so hard because as far as he's concerned she's a struggling waitress mm. um but she's like no no it's fine I didn't work hard for this money at all <laughs> she's like it's, it's an investment in your future and just insists that he takes it and uh gets himself some new clothes for this fancy interview because it's the following day so it's yes yeah it's gonna be good and uh yeah um oh she yeah she also says that uh, because he's like, I don't think they're going to give a take a chance on a meat delivery guy. And oh, yeah. uh, Lila's like, oh, trust me, this this guy will do anything for me. <laughs> um, so, uh, which actually does sound a bit dodge. I suppose it does when you don't know the context. Yeah. Of, like, she's obviously talking about her dad. Of yeah. course. <laughs> well, we cut back to the studio uh, and the star, the uh, the show is, is I guess, going to happen like, that night I'm not really sure what the timeline is <laughs> um, but uh, she's, she's delighted to see Dante putting the finishing touches to what is clearly her design that's right yeah so she's all excited she's like oh my god I can't believe he's going to use my design uh, and Dante kind of turns around and is like oh you must be mistaken Jessica this is my design um, and Jessica's obviously horrified she's like what are you talking about this is exactly what I showed you on the drawing that I did that was like just here on my desk whatever yesterday is <laughs> I don't know how quickly they can turn these fucking jackets around <laughs> um, and then he's like oh no this like brocaded collar this is obviously a Dante original um, and just yeah like fully just lies to her face and then like Jess is kind of she turns to Mona she's like Mona you were there you saw it and Mona's just not backing her up at all um, so poor Jess is just like what the fuck she's like you're stealing from me and getting really frustrated and annoyed and the two of them are just stonewalling mm. her completely and it's it's really rough actually because in fairness to Jessica yeah she's not actually being a bitch in this episode and this is really 
unjust what's happening to her. Yes. They're literally stealing her design and pretending that mm. like they're gaslighting her at the same time. So yeah, yeah it is really shitty. So um yeah, uh Jessica is is enraged and but Dante mm. says that it could only be a Dante original. Indeed. <sighs> we cut to Fowler Enterprises. <laughs> nice We're and in, vague, see? <laughs> yeah. Could be anything. I mean in fairness, they could have a whole range of restaurants that we don't know yeah. about. <laughs> it's true. And Lila is waiting for Heath. And when Heath emerges, he says he put that joke in his place. Oh, no. Yeah, because she's like, oh, how did it go? And this is what he comes out with. And she's like, oh, God, what? And he's like, that creep Fowler. He talked about you like you were his girl. He's even got pictures of you all over the place. Uh, <laughs> and Lila's like, oh, shit. And uh, he's all kind of like, oh, you know, you, you don't have to explain to me. I know how you've been getting all these hundred dollar bills. He's like, it's all from your sugar daddy upstairs. <laughs> what's really charming with him is he's not judging her he's not like oh my god you you know you trollop he says (laughs) look you you don't have to you like you you don't have to do anything for that rich sleaze bag anymore but then lila has a revelation it's such a good line she's like that rich sleaze bag is my father Uh, incredible Tom Collins couldn't have delivered that line. Oh, either. it's pure dynasty, like yeah. fantastic. <laughs> well, we cut to outside the Moon Beach where Jessica stomps up to Todd and Liz and tells them what happened. And uh, Liz, of course, ever looking on the bright side, says it could be a coincidence, but Jessica just can't let it go. And uh, Todd says, Well, look. You're going to have to because Dante will never admit it. Mm. But then Jess sees some, uh, some. I was going to say something, but <laughs> someone normal <laughs> that give her an idea. Yeah, she sees Koichi and Winston walking into the diner and uh, her scheming jingle kicks in and it she's does. like, hmm, maybe he won't admit it to me, but he might admit it to somebody else. <laughs> <gasps> well, we cut to the lakeside picnic spot where Lila... In a tight green jumpsuit, and as what my notes to say, a fucking waistcoat. Oh, you know it. <laughs> you can't throw a stone without it in a waistcoat. In this <laughs> yeah, Liz was wearing one earlier as well. Um, so she finds Heath, and uh, again, he's not like this way. He really is a nice guy because he's not like, oh, you lied to me. He says he feels terrible about, you know, having a go with her dad, basically, and asks why she didn't tell him the truth. Yeah, so Lila just says that she was afraid that if she told him the truth that she'd lose him. And he, again, so reasonably is like, you know, I was wrong to make you feel that way. So, like, I fully expected him to just be really mad at her. Yeah. But he's not at all. Like, he's so reasonable. It's it's kind of very surprising. I it would is say. surprising. He's the <laughs> nicest guy we've met in, True. you know, of these uh, random love interests. Yes, definitely. Um, so she, he says that she explained all to her dad and he really admired the way he stood up to him. And then he had some of the chocolate cake leftovers and understood uh, Heath even more. Yeah, so he's the new dessert chef at the Fowler Grill. (laughs) Wherever and whenever that's happening. (laughs) Well, maybe it'll take him away because I'm feeling, uh, sadly, we won't see him again. um, That Lila, this one might be Lila's only shot at romance this season. Um, so he says that she's the best, but then asks, oh, but should I be dating the boss's daughter? And rather worryingly, Lila <laughs> says, it's required. Oh, it's like it's cute banter, but then it's also like, oh, come on now, Lila. Paradynamic is going... shift in paradynamics here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they kiss. 
They do. It's very sweet. Yes. And that's it for um, for Lila for this episode. But she mm. made the most of every second. She did. She was great. <laughs> Again, Bridget Flannery, we salute you. Oh, so good. It's fashion show time. <laughs> And who should be there at approaching oh. Winston, uh, approaching Dante? Oh, God. I think I actually just started clapping when this happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're backstage. The fashion show has just happened. And as I wrote down, Winston and Koichi in suits. <laughs> <laughs> Quite ill-fitting suits, it has to be said. Oh, completely, yes. I was just thrilled that they had turned up again. <laughs> And Dante just sees one random Japanese person, despite the fact that this person looks about 18, mm-hmm. <laughs> assumes that this is Mr. Mariaki. Oh, God. Yeah, just immediately assumes it. Uh, says, oh, uh, Mr. Mariaki, it's an honor. Uh, Koichi bows. And there's more of this like terrible Eastern music cue kind oh, of carry yeah, on. There's some dodge stuff um, in this well. It's a bit dodge. But look, again, it could be worse. Uh, but then <laughs> hilariously, Winston pretends to, to translate for Koichi. And Winston's just talking pure fucking gibberish. <laughs> he says Obi-Wan Kenobi at one stage. <laughs> he does. He definitely does. <laughs> And he like tells Dante that, oh, Mr. Moriaki says he uh, enjoyed your show very much and that your clothing would be very popular in Japan. (laughs) And uh, um, Koichi uh, goes on to to say, as interpreted by Winston, (laughs) that uh, that jacket with the brigaded lapels was truly exceptional. And Dante uh, accepts the praise smugly. But then Koichi turns angry. (laughs) Hilariously, he gets really, really furious uh, in Japanese. And Winston, again, pretending to translate, is uh, he's like, oh, he's saying, how could you bring such an abomination to me? Um, and that he's just really angry about this jacket <laughs> randomly. The show, that's what he, like when he said exceptional, it wasn't in a good way. Yes, that piece was the exception to, to all the excellent yeah. clothes, apparently, was what he actually meant. So Dante's like, oh, no. Uh, he's like, oh, that's not my jacket. I don't even know how that got in there. It wasn't supposed to be part of the collection. <laughs> and uh, yeah, he didn't design it at all. And we see Jessica smirking away. <laughs> and uh, all the, the journalists, because this place is like on this giant press. <laughs> it's a free for all backstage. Like there's just there's reporters, there's models, there's random Teens pretending to be Japanese investors. But yeah, a, a reporter hears Dante say that he didn't design the jacket. So this guy pipes up and he's like, oh, Dante, if you didn't design the jacket, who did? And Dante's like, oh, it's not important. Uh, and then a voice uh, says, it's important to me. And we get more terrible music as the oh, real Mr. Moriaki reveals himself. And unsurprisingly, he's an adult man. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Not a te- two teenagers that do not fit them. Yeah. Well, he says, real Mr. Mariaki says that the jacket is one of his fave pieces. Uh-huh. And Dante's all, who the hell are you? And of course, he introduces himself and says that he wants to buy the entire range, including the jacket. Uh-huh. Uh, which, of course, Dante has just denied all responsibility yeah. for <laughs> This is it. So he's rightly caught now and he has to pull Jessica aside and he's like, I'm very clever. Uh, because, oh yeah, that's it. Because Koichi then leans on his shoulder and he's like, in this real like, like overtly California accent goes like, dude, <laughs> looks like you got yourself another customer. <laughs> I love Koichi. He's so good. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, Jessica absolutely has Dante where she wants him now. So he's like, all right, fine. I need this jacket for my collection. What do you want? Um, so she starts listing off her, her demands that she wants credit for her jacket. Fair enough. Fair enough. She wants a paying job next summer. Like, fucking nice one. Yeah, uh, And she says, and now Mona works for me. It's like, that isn't going to happen, Jessica. She's clearly <laughs> like a manager. And I know. It's like, and also you're an intern and you're going back to school next week. <laughs> What's Mona supposed to do? Like, get your lunch for you. <laughs> Well, Dante, it's sort of like a game-recognises-game moment because mm. Dante says, oh, you've come a long way. And she says she learned for the master. Uh-huh. And he heads off and um, uh, she thanks Winston and Koichi and Winston hugs her for a bit too long. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> He's a bit enthusiastic. And then Dante uh, takes to the, I don't know, the press area and asks, <laughs> can he present? He, he he asks them, may he present his protege, Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> so of course, like Jess is in her element now because it's all flashbulbs going off in her face and everyone going, Jessica, Jessica, oh, Jessica, trying to get her attention. So she's the centre of attention, which we know she loves. <laughs> yes. And we see a full length shot and I think she's wearing uh, some of the terrible shoes that we've seen her wear oh, before. Really? Oh, God. <laughs> but terrible shoes or no, she's delighted. And that's the end of the episode. That's it. She's come out on top again, but at least she hasn't fucked anybody over in the process. So True. it was actually quite satisfying, in fairness. <laughs> it, was, it was quite wholesome. It was, um, yeah. So, uh, by the way, I noticed in the credits at the end that Virgil was played yeah. by Boo. I also wrote that down and like three love hearts because I love him so much. <laughs> Good job, Boo. You did amazing. Best boy ever. <laughs> if we can't have Prince Albert, we'll take Boo. We will absolutely take Boo <laughs> as Virgil in the role of Virgil. <laughs> Well, Pi Beta Alpha members, we hope you enjoyed that episode as much as we did, which was quite a lot. Um, oh my God. It had everything in fairness. Like it had loads of Lila. It had minimal Liz and Todd bullshit. Mm. All it was really missing was Enid, to be honest. True. She, that she was one thing. I was sad not yeah. to see our uh, our beloved Enid. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a lot of uh, a lot of Lila and the Jessica story was really entertaining. So um, top marks. Yeah, true. And we got some more Winston Koichi double act goodness. So like delighted that that's happening and long may it continue. Oh my goodness. Well, hopefully there'll be, uh, he's going to be in it for the, at least the rest of the season. God, I hope so. Yeah, there's only a handful of episodes left, I think, <gasps> in this season. So it's true. Oh hopefully now he'll, he'll stick around. Yeah. 22. Yeah, we've got one, two, three, four, five left. So yeah, fingers crossed we'll mm. have some Koichi action. Uh, well, listeners, uh, let us know what you thought, because we do love hearing from you. And also, you you are quite eagle-eyed. So uh, last night, or last night, last <laughs> week, we were, or last fortnight, <laughs> we were wondering, uh, I think it was Karen thought um, that the supervisor in the Thinly Disguised Project Youth was, of course, Mr. Collins. <laughs> and she was right. Yeah, it was confirmed in the credits and we just missed it. <laughs> yeah. So Lazy Leslie Nope um, uh, sent us a screen grab and um, uh, yes, uh, I don't know why I keep expecting him to look like the Robert Redford gif, but I do. Same here. <laughs> yeah, fully, like extremely understandable. <laughs> Um, and we've been hearing from quite a few of you who have got your uh, Pi Beta garb, which we are absolutely loving. 
Oh, yes. Like there's photos coming in and I'm so delighted every time to see them. So, yes, we, we love to see it. Thank you so much for sending us your pics. Yes, please keep sending them in because there are just a few jackets left at the uh, at the old Headstuff store. Uh, I'm just looking at now there are six extra large and five large, but all the small and mediums are sold out. So um, if you want to get a size large for uh, and uh, or an extra large, um, there are some left and there are a fair amount of tote bags left, too. So uh, if you don't have a jacket, you can always treat yourself to a tote. Indeed. Yeah, they're going down very well. And uh, they're like a really nice tote bag as well. I think I forgot to say that earlier that they're yes. not like the other ones that don't actually have like a bottom on them. They actually do. No. So they actually are pretty sturdy and will hold a bottle of rosé as was demonstrated by uh, by Lisa <laughs> recently on Instagram. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> um, we also uh, heard from after last week's episode, um, which you might remember and featured this uh, or Sats Project Youth. Pippi Ann Shirley, friend of the show, uh, was understandably outraged and uh, wrote, Arr, Fargo! Okay, it's <laughs> a rage, I presume. Okay, I'm a social worker and the teen line ethics displayed by Enid here really drive me off the wall. Dating someone you were helping virtually, telling an online worker about the oh, caller's issues and personal information. No, bad. Okay, rant over. <laughs> I, and I agree on mohair. Divine! <laughs> Uh, Claire PH uh, is a peer supporter um, and was also shocked by um, by this and uh, Pippi Ann Shirley did say confidentiality is so important I hope Mike would just exit quietly and never see Enid again sorry Enid but you blew this one learn and grow from it (laughs) (laughs) and Katie Longstreth replied to that and said yes I kept thinking how wildly inappropriate it was not to mention all the red flags he was throwing about uh, he was throwing about how she's the only one who understands him what needed to make a play for Koichi absolutely 100% back this yes Mm. (laughs) why won't anyone make a play for Koichi how do they not see him I don't understand. Right, seriously, we hope he gets some by the time this series ends. God, he's so fucking good looking. We also actually got an email uh, from Lindsay Nelson about the the fake Japanese food because the way oh, in the last yeah. episode, Koichi's dad made fake food and he had this like rubber steak that he was showing to Winston. I was a bit confused by this. Uh, again, I think I was just distracted by how handsome Koichi is mm. because he did actually mention uh, in the episode that it's for or there was a line about how his dad makes it for window displays in Japanese restaurants. And Lindsay got in touch then to explain that it is a huge industry in Japan. Yeah. Um, so like most casual restaurants and shopping malls and food courts have a big window display outside with these really realistic models of all the food, which is obviously really useful and something I did not realize was a thing, but it makes perfect sense now. So thank you for explaining it to a dummy like me, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> we love being educated by our listeners. Truly, I've learned so much from this podcast. <laughs> Um, we also Claire PH was somebody else who noticed that Mr. Collins or Mr. Collins with question mark was listed in the credits and uh, did point out also with this and the book teen helpline isn't it weird that Liz doesn't want to volunteer to patronise and virtually shoulder pat all the troubled teens very good point so true yeah maybe she feels like she's doing enough of it on her own dime I suppose yeah. <laughs> So yeah, if it's a teen helpline, they won't know it's her. So then she won't get to be amazing Liz Wakefield. She'll just be some stranger on the phone. That just won't cut it. Oh, true. <laughs> um, we also mentioned that Devon was sounded like more of a uh, of a sort of later Sweet Valley 
uh, name. And um, Laura Kate Diva said that uh, Devon pops up in Sweet Valley High book 138. I had said I thought he appeared in uh, senior year. But uh, Laura Kate says he does play a big role in senior year. But as far as I'm concerned, senior year is not canon doesn't fit with Sweet Valley University and is complete <laughs> shit. I prefer to pretend it never happened. Good. That's nice. I approve of this pick and mix attitude to the canonical nature of the Sweet Valley series. Yes, I co-sign this sentiment. I have hmm. no interest in senior year. It does not exist. Oh, shit. And also it takes place after like the Sweet Valley has collapsed into a into a hell mouth like the end say, of yeah, it, ends, it ends like Buffy and it all just collapses into the ground. So where are you going with your senior year? Get out of here. <laughs> Um, so thank you Pi Beta Alpha members as ever it has been a delight to hear from you and to hang out with you um, of course you can you know where to get in touch with us we're on Twitter and SVH Podcast yeah you can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com but of course you know all this because you're subscribing to all the extra stuff um, and we're on Instagram at SVH Podcast where Karen is always um, graphicking up a storm so <laughs> definitely worth checking out even if you do not have an Instagram account to yourself well listeners we will see you next week possibly a day later than usual because we're both uh, both going away so we'll be out of action for um, for a little while, but mm. we um, we will be possibly have a new episode on next Friday. It will be out next week. It just might be a bit late because we yeah, can't wash the headstuff, guys. That's too it, much. Yeah. So it, it might be slightly later on Thursday or potentially Friday morning. We'll yeah. So don't be alarmed. Don't yes. be alarmed. <laughs> it's all fine and under control. Don't worry. <laughs> so we we will see you uh, at some stage next week in the yes. main feed <laughs> when we find out what happens. When and Zgosh Trust. When Scott Trust plays the dating game. But we will also see you here <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> when we find out what happens when Jessica and Lila compete in the freestyle Pacific Freestyle Dance Competition oh and God. become <laughs> <laughs> Dancing fools! And that is dancing with energy. End apostrophe. Best episode title yet. Dancing fools! I can't wait. I mean, they certainly are. Oh, God. Well, we'll see you in the beach disco, everybody. (laughs) Oh, it better be the beach disco. I'll be so annoyed if it's not. Oh, yes. This better be a good canon venue. Oh my God, could we even mm. get the droids? Oh, I, I feel like that's a very high expectation in fairness. Mm, true. <laughs> but you never oh. know. Fuck it, they've surprised us before. I mean, Peggy. <laughs> Peggy was a deep well, cut. She sure was so deep that we had no idea who the fuck she was. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully we'll see you at the beach disco, everybody, for some dancing fool action. Oh my God, it's going to be good either way. <laughs> It is. See you then. Thanks for listening. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.